welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old albums for some reason. I'm Nick. I'm Chris. And I'm Caleb. Uh, welcome everybody to the new studio. Hello. Yeah. Does it sound different? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. It better. Know. It better. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, for everyone at home, uh, I'm like sitting across the table from everybody else. It feels a little adversarial. Yeah. Well, this is an interview process as well. <laughs> it feels like more like a Senate hearing where I'm just uh, like... <sighs> Okay. We'll see how you do on this episode, Caleb. Okay. Do you need more water? <laughs> Which is actually uh, your pick this week. Uh, it is my pick. This week I, I picked the Big Lebowski soundtrack. Yeah! Oh, yeah. All right. This is a movie, one of my favorite films. This is a movie I definitely owned and watched over and over. Uh, it is a soundtrack that I never actually owned. So um, I was a little surprised by some things about this uh, soundtrack. But I was thinking about it recently. I was seeing, I think, for a re- either a record store day uh, or for maybe they just some occasion, uh, some company printed it on vinyl. So I've been seeing people put it out there a lot. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good soundtrack. Yeah. It's whether or not you like the music, it's a good thing to own to like, you know, have in your vinyl collection, I think, just because <laughs> yeah, of the, the clout that comes with Big Lebowski and the obsession that I think people have about this movie. People might be picking up some clues for the review segment, <laughs> whether or not you like the soundtrack. Okay. Uh, well, Nick, let's get into this before we uh, do any more. What year is this from, by the way? 1998. Oh, uh, yeah. Since, uh, released on February 24th of 1998. Old Caleb, uh, probably junior year of high school, saw this in the theater. Oof, this was middle school for Chris. Fresh, <laughs> or fifth grade, maybe? <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) All right, let's hear that first track. Uh, This is Bob Dylan making his first appearance on track listing with The Man and Me. From his 1970 album, New Morning. This is um, probably an unpopular opinion, but I think that's my second favorite Dylan record. Oh, yeah? I'm, I, I love that record. I'm a little bit of a, a Dylan... Um, I mean, people that are fans of Dylan are like super fans, and they'll break it, and I'm not that. I just like Dylan, and there's a few of his albums that I like, love, love. Uh, Blood on the Tracks is my favorite record, and I think this is my second favorite. I'm a little out of my element uh, <laughs> on this one. Uh, I've actually I haven't really done a deep dive with Bob Dylan. Well, and, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of an intimidating thing. Uh, that's the thing. That's his eleventh uh, studio album. <laughs> yeah, well, it was yeah. <laughs> out of out of like forty eight. You know? It was yeah. a lot. Now this was part of his like return, uh, the kind of electric Dylan kicking loose the hippies, as it were. Yeah, uh, but it's so listenable. It's so fucking good. And this song is amazing. This is um, we talked about Dylan going electric on some previous episode. <laughs> yeah. I think it was an episode that will never be released. Actually. I think <laughs> it gives it gives like special insight into the fragile egos of all boomers. Yeah. <laughs> like somebody can pick up electric guitar and it ruins their life. It was at the Newport Folk Festival, right? Yeah, and it yeah, like yeah. melted people's face. They're like, no, what's he doing? No. Oh man. This is uh this is played uh, in the opening role and then again uh, when he yeah. gets knocked out yeah. and he's flying over LA. I feel like I see, I've seen it listed as a slightly different version on the soundtrack than it's on the album, but I don't, I don't 
have any uh there were a couple of sources i found online that said that that song was performed with johnny cash which is uh absolutely yeah that's not true i don't know how that happened (laughs) yeah yeah, johnny cash is on that sure yeah um Uh, I think that it appeared most recently in a Pepsi Super Bowl ad. There was a Super Bowl ad with Jeff Bridges as the dude and Sarah. No, it's Jessica a, Parker. It's a Stella Artois. Okay, ad. it's a Stella. Yeah. Ad. And it's like they're <laughs> departing from their usual drink because he's like, uh, yeah, "Can I get a wait? I'll do a Stella Artois or whatever." <laughs> yeah, that's uh, instead of a Cosmo, she also orders a, a Stella Artois. Dylan used to stand for something, but then he appeared in person in a Victoria's Secret ad. So yeah, I think I he's, kinda, say, he's got no legs to stand on. He's got that. Uh, uh, <laughs> he's got the Nobel Prize for literature, and he's just fucking living life. Yeah, this man. song might be coming back in the uh, game segment a little later. So, oh, uh, yeah, ooh, the seed has been planted. Day two, nice. Yeah. Anyways, I uh, should. I don't know if this is going to be my favorite song, but this is one of my favorite songs on the soundtrack. Uh, let's get into the second second track. Track two is Captain Beefheart with her eyes are blue a million miles. I look at her and she looks at me And in her eyes I see the sea I can't see what she sees in a man like me But she says she loves me You may remember this song when the dude is back at his apartment listening to the, the voice messages. Yeah, yeah. Answering the answering machine, machine messages. Yeah. Doing Tai Chi. That's um, it. You got something to Beef, say? No, Beefheart is another person that I haven't done the dive. I think you're actually a bigger Beefheart fan than I am. I, I know, know you, you like Trout Mask. or Yeah, I know him from... Uh, Trout Mask? Trout Mask Replica. Trout Mask, mm-hmm. okay. That's like the big, the big uh, important album. Yeah, I I was first introduced to him uh, by my brother on a uh, Frank Zappa song called Willie the Pimp. That's what. Uh, so I have that album, Hot Rats. Yeah. And whenever Willie the Pimp plays, my cat goes crazy. He loves it. I mean, it's very like cacophonous. I don't know what's that word. Uh, cacophonous. Cacophonous. Yeah. There's like there's I think there's a uh, jackhammering noise in the background <laughs> yeah. that just like sets him off. Dude, it's. <laughs> It's uh, that song is nuts and I love it. And oh, I, yeah, yeah, That's I remember like you know, my brother playing it for me in carpool, and I was like, Who is singing this? And he's like, Hot zits, hot bags, hot birds, hot sticks. Well, they uh, Zappa and Beefheart were like, uh, they grew up together, yeah, yeah. they were like teenage friends, yeah, they were like buddy buddies. Um, but I just I love his voice, I think you know, I mean, I always I went through like a very intense Tom Waits phase that. I think I think I actually did grow out of, uh, but I still appreciate Tom Waits. But I, and I was also I was talking to Nick about the band Man Man yeah. that everyone uh, yeah. like obsess they incessantly uh, compare them to Tom Waits and Beefheart. Mm. And I was like, oh yeah, I hear the Tom Waits, and I'm, I don't really know Beefheart, mm-hmm. but uh, I like Man Man. I like Tom Waits. So. Yeah, I've started listening to them recently. It's good. Uh, yeah, band from Philly. I got to get into Beefheart. It's uh, it's worth checking out. Yeah, yeah. It's worth out. You know, it's, that, song, that song was good. Yeah, yeah. That was a good, that was a good beef heart song. Well, before uh, before we go on, uh, there was uh, I guess that scene where he's checking the messages. It made me realize like it's like it's, uh, it's Brant uh, calling yeah. back. It's Brant calling. <laughs> Dude, he unfolds so many plot points. Boom, 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 and he's just like sitting there making uh, you know, white Russian, of course. And it's like, hi, this is Brant, and then it's like, hey, this is Smokey. I just want you to know we uh, we uh, we did. 
report what Walter did at the uh, the bowling alley. I don't want to be a hard on about this, man. And then it's like, hey, this is Big Lebowski, or this is you know, uh, please, it's not about the rug, blah blah. blah. And then it's like the other guy that's like. So we understand you have pulled a gun, and that <laughs> violates over 27 legal. <laughs> so I'm just like, man, what a great device of like unfolding all the stuff right I, there. Uh, I I love the Coen Brothers like more than almost any other filmmakers, and they've been like, there's some. I feel like with their comedies, I'm a little bit more lukewarm on a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that this is their only like real perfect comedy. Uh, I will say. Well, I guess you... Oh Brother Where Art Thou is pretty much is kind of a comedy too. Yeah, but I like this more than Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Yeah. I think it depends what you consider. A co- I mean, because Fargo is like one of the funniest movies. <laughs> like, I, I, would, I wouldn't commit. Uh, yeah, that's that like was the film they, they wanted to make this movie. They wrote it around the same time as Barton Fink and yeah. couldn't get the people together, so they went and made Fargo instead. Oh, yeah. well, not too yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something to fill the just time. Like, in, the, in a perfect world, the Coen Brothers would direct all movies. God. Yeah, their attention so to detail. Yeah, they made... they're they're constantly uh, kind of teasing oh, wow. the idea of doing a sequel to Big Lebowski, which I I'm actually not really on board with, just because uh, I think that John Turturro started production on a, a spinoff uh, with his character from the film that is supposed to come out sometime this year yeah. called Going Places. Yeah. yeah, directed by them, Jesus, not directed by them, di- no, what? Di- <laughs> written and directed by Turturro, I believe. So we'll see if that surfaces. It started in like 2016 or something like that. <laughs> let's uh, let's dive into track three. This is Elvis Costello with My Mood Swings. I believe that's Elvis Costello's first appearance on the track listing podcast it is. as well. It is. Yeah. I I have a, a ton of Costello records and I like the early stuff. It's it's definitely I think if you were young in the eighties, he was very important and I have a hard time kind of relating. I like a lot of it, but he's like a huge uh he's a huge character in like in New Wave kind of I don't know, post-punk? I don't yeah. know. I, I have a tough time like looking back and seeing where he fits in to yeah, where everything unfolded. Yeah, a little bit of an enigma to me. Yeah. Um, I, I think that this song was actually essentially written for the movie, or I don't think it appeared on anything else beforehand. It was produced by T-Bone Burnett, what, who Cohen Brothers brought on to be the he, he supervisor. Produced, yeah, he supervises. He's a supervisor, but he... Nice. He didn't want the credit of supervisor, so he, he insisted that he be credited as the uh, music archivist. Yeah. Because he didn't want to sound like he had been anyone's boss. Yeah. It's classic T Bone. Yeah, man. It's classic T Bone. <laughs> he's a humble guy. Yeah. We've he, talked about him on the podcast. He has no pretense. I mean, he goes by the name T Bone, but. Uh. <laughs> he would later, as uh, many of you may know, collaborate with Jeff Bridges on oh, anyone, uh, is anyone, it Crazy Heart, Crazy Heart, there it know, is. which I love that movie. I have, I never actually watched it. Oh man, you gotta watch it. Okay, that's great. I, I, it's yeah, okay. That that was the one that Bridges won the Oscar for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's funny. I I remember reading where this song appears in the movie, but. I, I I had no memory of it. I've seen this movie so many times. Yeah, it, uh, when he's at the doctor's office with the uh, the headphones on, when he's getting checked out. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's a very thorough doctor. Very thorough. Yeah. And thorough. And thorough. And thorough. <laughs> 
<laughs> you got to be careful not to quote the movie too much. Oh, no, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's easy uh, trap to fall into. God. It is. It is one of those movies. Especially all, all the yelling at Chris I did for it during the Austin Powers episode. <laughs> I was yeah. I was trying something out. It wasn't really hitting at all, so I uh, stopped doing it. <laughs> all right, uh, Nikki. What do we got coming up now? Track four is Ema Sumac with Atipura. song. <laughs> Ema Sumac, uh, for everyone home, is a uh, Peruvian singer. And that song was in a 1954 film called uh, Secret of the Incas, which is kind of the theme of the uh, the party that the dude arrives at when the scene happens. <laughs> uh, the Malibu, was it out in Malibu? Uh, what is the, the, the beachfront community? Yeah, uh, when he goes to Jackie Treehorn's Jackie house, Treehorn's which, party. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's Stay Out of Malibu. Yeah. <laughs> Deadbeat. <laughs> Jackie uh, Treehorn pulls a lot, <laughs> pulls a lot of water in this town. Uh, that reminds me a lot of uh, the Ecstasy of Gold. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, from the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Uh, Nico Morricone. Nico yeah, Morricone. Yeah, yeah. So um, what's going? What's going on in that scene? Would you guys say? What, oh, what isn't is it the the, the tr- like the the ladies? Flowing through the air in slow yeah, motion. Maybe it has to do something with him being like the sacrificial lamb in the story. I don't know. Ooh, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or I llama just, if it's Peruvian. The Cullen, right. uh, or the Cullen brothers are definitely obsessed with like old Hollywood. And a lot of the kind of like, um, there's like dated score and like these weird old songs that appear in mm-hmm. here. And you kind of, they seem even older than they are, but it was... They're like, oh, was this like in some sort of opera, like some of an opera? But it's like also, it's like a lot of people that were working in like old Hollywood film. It's yeah. kind of, so it's like a little cheesy, I think, even for the time. But uh, well, and even like something that doesn't appear on the actual soundtrack. Oh, uh, the, the tumbling tumble. Yeah, the Roy Rogers. Oh, like the Western swinging yeah. group on the, track. Yeah, that yeah. was the uh, tumbling. Tum- I mean, it happens a, uh, multiple times. Yeah, Sam and that, character. The appears. band leader Roy Rogers was like the. He was like before John Wayne. He was the most like uh, famous Western star. Yeah, and he had the TV show with the horse Trigger. Yeah, that was the whole oh thing. yeah, yeah. In his yeah. shiny pajama cowboy outfit. So I think <laughs> yeah, a lot of this. This is you know, it's set in L.A. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it it's like I think it's kind of a precursor to the Hail Caesar. Like the Coen Brothers, they just want to make like an old time Hollywood film, oh, yeah. and they're just dancing around it the whole time. Even Buster Scruggs has like the rhinestone cowboy thing at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, and Hail Caesar, I think they kind of missed the mark on that one. Uh, I, I really liked half of it, and yeah. then uh, uh, yeah, and then it gets kind of ridiculous. Mm, yeah, t- I think the big swings. They but just I... wanted the whole reason they would made the whole movie was that one like dance scene with the sailors <laughs> the and Channing sailor. Tatum. Yeah. <laughs> All the sexually repressed sailors <laughs> yeah. like, clearly about to bang each other on some boat. <laughs> uh, none of our listeners have seen Hail Caesar, but it's okay. I saw that movie with my dad, and we were really excited about it, and then we kind of left, and we were like... <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nikki, what do we got? Track five, Piero Piccioni with Traffic Boom.
this Italian guy has uh, done the score for like yeah, hundreds of movies, and he's was uh, also a lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> which is my favorite favorite I, I, fact. So this oh, this man. was from a film score, but I couldn't track down what film it was scoring. It's it's that same thing I was talking about uh, a couple episodes ago, which is yeah. just like. Go to the record store, find like the craziest looking Italian album. <laughs> but uh, I think I think he was working in Hollywood. I think there were. Oh yeah. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. Oh, okay. But in the movie, this is of course uh, scoring the the adult film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what is it called? Log jamming. Log jamming. Yeah. <laughs> With uh, Peter Stormare as the he's the uh, the nihilist. Yeah, I'm here to fix the cable. Yeah, it's so great in that man. <laughs> It's funny, I, I recently um, bought a record. Uh, Patrick Cowley, he's a disco producer who produced a bunch of stuff for Sylvester. Mm-hmm. He apparently, a bunch of experimental music that he had made before he kind of became a big-time producer, he licensed to high-end gay uh, porn films. Mm-hmm. And uh, and someone mm-hmm. recently dug them up and like found the tapes <clears throat> and issued them. <laughs> and they're instrumental and they're really, really good. I've always wondered that, like, are, I mean, are those 70s uh, pornos going to have, like, a resurgence of, like, popularity? Because, like, they were all scored, and I'm sure, you know, with movies like uh, Bathtubs over Broadway, which is what my buddy Brett uh, recommended uh, for me to watch, which is, like, these industrial musicals. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, corporate musicals? Yeah, corporate musicals. And I'm sure, like, people are going to rediscover, like, who was this amazing composer composing these, like... Well, that, that's a big. It doesn't sound porny at all, really. It's it's just these instrumental like. Uh, it's got like a Curtis Mayfield kind of vibe to yeah. it. It's yeah. really, it's really good. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, Piero Pacioni. Yeah, check it out. Amazing. Listen. I wonder like what he was like to work with as a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Which, distracted, very like, distracted. Hang on, I gotta run home real quick. I gotta. I, it's I like gotta. a full recording studio <laughs> slash yeah. law office. You're getting billed for a lot of hours and jotting down some notes. <laughs> Yeah, he's, yeah. he's like he has a bass in his hands when you like put him on retainer. Like, this guy? Like moving a stack of papers to be like, yeah, that's the drum seat. Just move. <laughs> you can sit down behind there. Let's take a listen to track six. This is uh, Nina Simone with the Duke Ellington, Paul Francis Webster pinned tune. I got it bad, and that ain't good. Simone making her second appearance on the track listing podcast here. <laughs> Thanks yeah. to Caleb. Fresh off of my uh, little embarrassingly over-earnest uh, recommendation. Oh, no, it was sweet, <laughs> man. We liked it. We it's all, a great uh, track. I love I love Nina Simone. I also hardly remember this song from the soundtrack. This uh, is where they're uh, yeah. laying in bed with, uh, with Maude. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, obviously, we should say at this point, there's like a lot of credence that doesn't make it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's probably two, a, two a, credence songs, a clearance mm-hmm. problem. Um, it was uh, uh, Run to the Jungle. Oh, yeah, that's a great and, one. And uh, uh, 
um, um, out my back door, right, or out the back door. What's yeah, the name of it? Out, yeah, looking, looking out, out my the, back door. Looking out yeah. the back door, which is maybe one of the, like the best scenes ever filmed. I think there's a there's a YouTube oh, yeah. clip that's like best scene in cinema history, and it's when he's like the physical comedy. Yeah, and he throws the joint out the window, but it lands in his lap, and then he like like crashes the car. When he he runs it into the dumpster at like slow speed, but just like head on, and there's something. It's like a pratfall by a car, and it's amazing. It's amazing. I watched a uh, interview with uh, Jeff Dowd. Um, like the Coen brothers friend who they based this character loosely oh, on oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the interviewer is asking him like, you know, how accurate is the portrayal? And yeah. he specifically commented on that scene and said that, you know, that that's pretty dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a crazy guy. He's like a activist. He like, yeah. apparently, he's like a self-proclaimed PR guru. Well, I mean, he's been dining out on on this movie oh, ever yeah. since. It's like I think he's written books. I remember there was <laughs> he did PR for or like uh, Blair Witch Project is on his like uh, <laughs> on his website as like movies he's done promo for. Apparently, <laughs> he met them when uh, they were making Blood Simple, oh, and they no. were trying to find uh, someone to help them out with distribution. And he was like a you know a guiding <laughs> voice in the process. The and then they just kept running into him everywhere, and it kind of. <laughs> Went from there. It reminds me of uh, sort of like the real Kramer, you know, like the guy oh, that yeah, Cosmo yeah. Kramer is based on, whose last name is Kramer, and, and they were, they he, change it to Kessler, but they're like Kramer pops better on the page, and and he like <laughs> de- had all these demands that he was like, you're using my name, so I want rights to this and that, and they did like a bus tour around like New York and like talks about yeah, all his influence. I remember the Kramer bus tour. Yeah. Uh, I remember years ago, I can't remember if I was in Boston or if I was already in New York, but I remember somebody being like, hey, there's going to be like a talk. Uh, the dude is giving a talk. I was like, what? Like Jeff, Jeff, Bridges? Jeff Bridges? Like in character? And no, like, Jeff Dowd. No, they're like the dude. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to that. Yeah, no, don't, don't go to that. It's like, no, the dude's like, no, 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 no. Uh, there's... <laughs> There's nothing worse than somebody like leaning so hard in self-parody that they be they like trying hard to become the parody of themselves. That's like what um, yeah, he's a caricature of himself at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Who's I'm totally blanking on his name, but he's the machine. He's the comedian that, jeez, um, <laughs> oh, resident uh, comedian. Uh, uh, the Van Wilder. But yeah, he's based on like Van Wilder was based on him. Uh, God, what's his name? Burt um, Kreischer. Burt Kreischer. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm good. sorry. Uh, yeah, Burt Kreischer. Just like, ugh, lean so hard into like, I am Van Wilder. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. shut up, dude. It's <laughs> yeah, nothing he, to be proud of. He like, t- it's like he's got kids, but he takes his shirt off during every stand-up every performance. Side, like, great, yeah, <laughs> good for you, man. I'm really proud of you. Oh no, we're starting, we're starting podcast beef already. Yeah, yeah dude, come at me, Bert. <laughs> Let's now. jump right into track seven. <laughs> this is Moondog with Stamping Ground. Moondog. I'm a, I like Moondog. Thanks for all your work. <laughs> um, Moondog. You guys know about this guy, right? No, I do not. Enlighten um, us, Caleb. He was, he was a blind man who lived in New York for like 30, 40 years, and he would stand on the same corner 
like busking and like selling things. And he had a big long beard and he had wore a Viking hat and people, he named himself moon dog. Um, he has a song called birds lament that is, uh, I think it's tribute to Charlie Parker. That's really, really good. And it was, uh, it was sampled when I was in high school, this DJ called Mr. Scruff. I think he was like a British DJ. He basically, he didn't end up changing it that much, but it had a little bit more of a beat to it. And uh, I, I remember my mom had this uh, this friend who was a music nerd. When I was in high school, I was really into music, and we would talk all the time. And he came over once, and I was playing this song, and he was like, Moondog? And I was like, what? He's like, this is a Moondog song. I was like, oh, I don't know what that... I was like, oh, okay. Uh, no, this is a DJ Scruff song. No, I was, <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, okay. I was like, oh, I didn't... It never occurred to me that it was, like, sampled from something. I didn't realize that I was, like... It was, like, a looper situation where that was me. Yeah. Like, come back to, like, <laughs> talk some sense into Teenage Caleb. Uh, but Moon Moondog, he's pretty incredible. And, and, like, a really, really weird... Like, he was, you know, invented his own instruments. And he's some... Like, you know, if you listen to it, that's a full orchestration. He was, yeah. like... Like, uh, I think people, a lot of people assumed he was homeless, but he wasn't really. Yeah. Um, but by the time he died, he was, you know, like a big figure and kind of avant-garde, uh, um, kind of outsider, like com- composition. I don't know. There was yeah. this coffee shop I used to go to in college and, um, <clears throat> there was this, you know, it'd be nighttime and this old guy would always wander up to the coffee shop and people would always say, who is that? And the guy that worked there would always go. That's Moondog. <laughs> really? And then the, the guy would just wander off into the bushes. It was very, I wonder if it was the Moondog. Was he wearing a Viking hat with a uh, giant beard? I think Moondog <laughs> left the city in, if not the 80s, maybe in like the late 70s or something. Moondog, where are you? Um, where are and, you? And he, he went to Germany and he passed away, of course. But um, Moondog, um, if you're out there. Bird's Lament. I think <laughs> right, more music. Called. Bird's Lament is really, really good. I'll play it for you guys after the pause over. You'll like it. Yeah. That yeah. song's playing in the film uh, towards the end where they are piecing together uh, yeah. what's it's, it's apparently the, the yeah. it's the soundtrack yeah. to them actually realizing everything that's happened to yeah. the whole... You yeah. have your story, I have mine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into track eight. This is Kenny Rogers and the first edition with Just Dropped In to see what condition my condition was in. This morning with the sundown shining in I found my mind in a brown paper bag But then I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high I tore my mind on a jagged sky I just dropped in Great track. Great track. Great track. So it was, uh, it took me, it was probably only like a year ago I realized that that was Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think you were the one that listed. broke the news to me. And I was like, what? Because the actual, the, the actual album is, I think they're just called the first edition. And that song was written by somebody else. And it was Mickey Newberry. I think it was their only, like, kind of nominal hit from that album. And it was definitely like, you know they were they didn't know what they wanted to be and that was a you know a drug song because yeah. it was a time of like oh, drug yeah. songs being being big <laughs> yeah. not that they still aren't but uh it's a dropout for sure like not only did they like 
like very sure like make their way into like uh like chicken wing country uh (laughs) but they also it was it was they were they were the first edition and then it was kenny rogers in the first edition and then eventually he cut everybody loose and it was just kenny rogers yeah yeah i never did the rogers edition yeah yeah (laughs) well are they part owners in his chicken restaurant (laughs) no 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 no, no. (laughs) none of them got a piece of that no 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 no, no, no. (laughs) do they get Uh, discounts if they go that's what i want to know um oh that song's really really good yeah, that's of course during the uh, like the dream sequence with the the gutter balls. Um, yeah, it's when he, he gets drugged. He gets the, drugged by from, Jackie Treehorn, yeah, and he has course. like his like the big like second and maybe like the largest hallucination hallucination. <laughs> nice homage to Busby Berkeley. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. it's so good. Yeah, it's truly incredible. Um, <laughs> that song, I. <laughs> I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that that's the best thing that Kenny Rogers ever did. Oh, I should say that he wasn't even the lead singer on the first record. I think for all he was the bass player who sang on two tracks, and that was one of them. I mean, I'm about to come across the table and uh, and teach you about, <laughs> oh, teach you about the gambler. Are you a Kenny Rogers man? <laughs> I wear a Kenny Rogers shirt because it's awesome, uh, but I am such a poser, man. I've I've had people be like. Oh, you're, you think you're a Kenny Rogers fan? You wear that shirt, dude? And I'm like, look, man, I bought it at a garage sale. Get off my back. I'm like, name seven Kenny Rogers songs right now. And I'm like, ah, gambler, I don't know. Get out of here. <laughs> Kenny Rogers. I inherited like uh, maybe five or six Kenny Rogers albums. I think like three of them are greatest hits. They all have the gambler on them. And I can't get rid of them. <laughs> and I had, I had like one idea for a while that we have, we have a friend who collects some records. And I thought that I would like come over like and bring him a record and be like, oh, I brought you. And it's like, can you, ah, okay. Yeah. And then next time I come over, bring another Kenny Rogers. Like, oh, it's <laughs> yeah. another. Nice, man. And then see like, it's <laughs> and nice just gets like. <laughs> like this, this isn't funny. I don't find this very funny anymore, Caleb. <laughs> I, uh, I, when I was browsing like missed connections in uh in Texas back when I lived on like Craigslist, you know, you ever, you ever browse those, you guys, just for fun, uh, just to to draw upon the comedy. But one of them was um like you know the opening line was "Do you look like Kenny Rogers?" and I was like, "Oh, what is this?" <laughs> and I clicked on it and it was like, you know, forty two year old Texas woman, two kids. Uh, I always thought Kenny Rogers was the sexiest man alive. Do you look like him? <laughs> I was like, oh. do you look like him? <laughs> yeah, it's like so many people are chiming in, like, yes, yes, I do look like him. Finally, someone. <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, that's achievable. That's yeah. like, that's like... An, honestly, that's a great post. <laughs> it was a great post. I, I hope it got many hits. I hope she found love. <laughs> that's amazing. Let's uh, jump right into track nine here. This is Meredith Monk with Walking Song. About eight more minutes of that, I think. <laughs> She's a kind of artist slash composer slash, uh, you know, in the in the vein of like Steve Reich or uh, probably like a couple of generations after John Cage or that kind of. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, this is, I think this is like pretty contemporaneous to the movie, actually, like mm-hmm. uh, yeah. mid 90s. 
This is in Mod's studio the oh, first yeah. time uh, Lebowski enters. She, and she comes whipping down with the... <laughs> suspended above with, like, throwing paints naked. I should say, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to forget to say this throughout the entire uh, soundtrack, but this this movie is, like, the only movie that represents me and that there's the one scene where he goes to Mod's and there's a video artist sitting there just giggling. Yeah. Uh, and he's just Thulis. like... Thulis. I can't remember his last name. Yeah, Dave, his David Thulis. David Thulis, yeah. yeah. Uh, and whole, Knox Harrington. Yeah. yeah and the whole thing the is video. like, who is this guy? And it's like, in my professional life, that's me. I'm the guy <laughs> that's in the artist studio who's just like, who is this guy? Why is this guy here? That's what I do for a living. That's, yeah. that's me. Yes. I love because, yeah, that's what everyone watching the movie is like, who is this, <laughs> who is this dude? This and then they address it by, like, you know, So you're a Lebowski. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do for a living, Mr. Lebowski? What do you do, man? <laughs> I'm the guy, man. Still not good, man. That's me, like, uh, Coen Brothers. You see me. Yeah. You see me. <laughs> Also, that uh, that painting style that Julianne Moore's character Maud is, has adopted in that uh, particular scene is based on it's uh, a very aerobic. The visual art of uh, Carolee Schneeman, who sadly just passed away in March. Oh, okay. oh. Yeah. rest in but peace, Schneeman. That's a little bit of an homage, I guess, to her painting style. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of um, we'll get to later. There's there's some fake bands in here that are definitely everything is is an homage to things that I think the Coen Brothers love. Yeah, which is that's the great thing about them is like even their comedies. The things that they're parodying, it's like love letters, and it makes it even better. Yeah. Even like, um, I guess when John Goodman is talking about, uh, they find little Larry Sellers, his uh, homework. Oh, the... It's like, he's the son the of... Branded. Of the branded guy. Branded, branded. He wrote 158 episodes and branded the majority of the content. <laughs> the ball share, the whatever. I can't remember what he said. But it's just like, yeah, they had to have watched a lot of Branded to drop that, like, thing. Even though there were only, I think, 48 episodes of Branded, so. Uh, that uh, that story is, uh, with the homework in the bag is apparently uh, based on a uh, true story of uh, one of the friends of the Coen brothers. Oh. <laughs> Somebody yeah. ju- took a joyride in one of their cars? Yeah, and they found some homework, and they, they went to the, the, the kid's house. <laughs> That's the great thing about. I mean, this we could have done a a lot of research on like trivia about the movie. You know, I figured we'd focus on like the soundtrack stuff. But there's so many. The rest of us did that research. Oh, did you guys? You're the only one. Okay. Oh, my bad. Well, I didn't didn't really do that other research either. Uh, Okay. What are we? What do we got up next? Uh, Let's go ahead and take a break. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's take a little break. Break. We'll be back soon. We'll be back right after this. See ya. Bye. Bye. And cut. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Tracklisting Podcast. Uh, Please like and subscribe and make sure to rate and review on iTunes. That's important. Spotify, you can also find us there. Caleb? Uh, We really appreciate it. And also we're on social media if you want to find us on Twitter. That is at TracklistingPod. And I think you can find us on Instagram. Instagram is TracklistingPodcast. And I think we actually might have an old-fashioned website. Oh, (laughs) TracklistingPodcast.com. And uh, no Facebook. (laughs) No Facebook allowed. Sorry, Mark. Too old. You ruined our democracy! (laughs) Thanks for listening. We love y'all. 
outside in the studio anymore we have to uh, go under the table so doors okay? are locked from the outside yeah they're locked from the outside okay okay cool we're under the table um i'm very confused by this I'm yeah gonna, i'm gonna walk you through it because i'm kind of lost let me hear where your head's at man um i'm a big fan of the clash of course and i feel like i've heard pretty much everything they've done same and i would agree with that and i don't think i've heard unless man, unless he's pulling some sort of bullshit man. where it's like a joe strummer and the mescaleros or whatever or some well, then that would be a discrepancy, and we would have to throw the game. There's no bullshit in this game. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little bit whippy on that. Okay. Very skeptical. Bob Marley. That's where my head's Reggae. At. A lot of covers. A lot of covers. I haven't heard it, but I could see it. Uh, <laughs> would, when would, was Marley's heyday? Um, I mean, he didn't he die in the 80s? It definitely overlapped. Okay. It could happen. Okay. I'm just, just, just. Stay with it, guys. Would Jacob Dylan ever cover his own dad? I don't think he would have no. the balls no. to cover his own dad. I, I, gotta, I think he d- wants nothing to do with I gotta dad. go Bob Marley. Let's go Bob Marley. Bob Marley locked too. in. Lock right. it in. Your answer to round one. This is the man and me. I sound like the clash. Sounds pretty Bob Marley to me. Oh, it could be clashy. Come on, Bob. Here's the vocals. Come on, Marley. Marley and me. Let's do it. The Marley and me. Okay, is this a, a clash with no vocals on it? What it is this? Be. Uh, Joe Strummer. Ah, there it is. That is the Clash. Ooh, With that sounds like a B-side me. recording. That sounds like it was yeah, recording yeah, I mean, a tin can. <laughs> All right, it's recording an old shoe. <laughs> o for O. There we go. O for baby. one. All right, maybe you guys will pick it up here in round two. All right. So for round. <laughs> so for round. <laughs> So for round two, uh, the great song, Fortunate Son. Oh, yeah. 
Right, credence. 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 Fogarty. Oh, fucking Credence, man. Was Greatest American rock band. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> was Fortunate Son covered by Maroon 5? Was Fortunate Son covered by Coldplay? Or was Fortunate Son covered by U2? Take it away, boys. I have an inkling. It was uh, Coldplay, U2, and what was the first band? Maroon 5. Maroon 5. I think it's Maroon 5. I think it's Maroon 5. I feel like I heard it on, like, America's Got Talent or The Voice or something like that. Or what? No, dude. Did I hear it on the Super Bowl? What? Uh, don't look at I, me like I, that. I don't know what he's talking about, but I do think it is Maroon 5. I, uh... Are you guys locking in on the If five? we're going down, we're going down together. All right. All right. Five Maroons later. Yeah, five All, right. Maroons. All, right. All right. Fortunate Son. This is Fortunate Son. Chris Martin? I think that's Maroon 5. What is this? I don't know, man. It could be anyone. It could be anyone. Is it U2? That is U2. Fortunate oh, son. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, Bono. <laughs> I could say that Bono might have been a fortunate son. Was God, he? That, was he born in the slums of Ireland? That was uh, that was like a lot worse of a cover than than I would expect me to. Well, the, the jangly like the, the edge. Uh, okay, the okay. Edge all right, let's just move all right, on. All right, all right, all right. You got round three. God, redeem ourselves. Snake eyes. So for round three, the classic track "Like a Rolling Stone" was "Like a Rolling Stone" covered by Shaggy. <laughs> Was Like a Rolling Stone covered by Britney Spears? Or was Like a Rolling Stone covered by Michael Bolton? <laughs> Take it away. See, he's, he's fucked with my head. I can't. <laughs> That's a Shaggy, a Spears, or a Bolton? A Bolton. Okay, so Michael, Michael Bolton has probably covered 90% of all songs. True. Uh... Britney Spears seems so ridiculous that it might, might be, be the, true. I think the, Shaggy's a, a red herring. So I th- I'm, I'm going to go Britney Spears. Bolton seems like this is he would be in line with covering it, so I'm not going to go with that. I'm going to go with Britney Spears, and it sounds right to me. You think? Because oh, remember, she also. You're probably right. You're probably right. I'm gonna go with Michael Bolton though, just because somebody has, has to win. To win. Somebody, we we can't have. Uh, well, we can two, we, we can, can both lose if it's Shaggy. <laughs> I've said that before, but at least we'll lose in different ways. <laughs> when it's Shaggy, everyone loses, no matter what. <laughs> All right, let's get an answer. I, I think that you're probably right, even though I could I would never pick that. So Chris, you are locked in with the Spears. Lock it in. And Caleb, you're bolted bolted in. You're bolted in. It's too obvious an answer. It can't be Michael Bolton. This is like a Rolling Stone. Ooh, sounds more Bolton than Spears. This could still be Shaggy. (laughs) Nah, I don't think so. Uh, uh, uh. 
Oh. Sweet vindication. <laughs> it's an amazing cover. Ah, well done. I overthought it. Eat shit, Chris. You lose again. I don't, I don't mind that cover, actually. <laughs> I wish I wish we could also hear Shaggy be like. <laughs> Thank you to Bob Dylan for writing two of those songs. Oh, God. I was I was. I had an I had a weird idea to pick that shag, famous Shaggy song for a recommendation. <laughs> what what did you say, Chris? When when in Shaggy, everyone loses. Everyone loses, yeah. man. Nobody wins in a Shaggy. Well, thank you guys for playing another uh, round of covers. Oh, yeah. thank you for congrats, Kayla. Congrats, Kayla. A very yes. big Lebowski. Right, put another edition. one more put another beer for Kayla tonight. Yeah, bring him in. Bring him in. <laughs> Let's go. Line ahead him up. Jump, jump right back into the soundtrack here. Uh, oh, this is a doozy to pronounce. This is uh, Lona Steingruber. Anton Dermota and the Austrian State Radio Orchestra with Gluck das Mir Verlieb from the opera Die Tot Stadt. Okay. 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 Whew. Doozy. Well done. I think that might be the first real opera we've had on the show. Maybe. You yeah, may remember that when Brant is giving the dude instructions about the drop-off. You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's because I'm like still riding the high of my victory, but I'm like in a great mood. I love this. I love to hear that. <laughs> One point. Wait, that's not when... Because also, I believe Requiem in D by Mozart plays at I, some point in this. Yeah. And that's when um, well, that's, the Big uh, Lebowski's like crying by the fire, right? Yeah, I think this is when they go in the side room, or maybe it's another visit. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. do you guys know like what a uh, diegetic uh, music or, or dianetics? Di- diegetic. <laughs> I know dianetics very well. Talking about background music, uh, <laughs> it's when it's when um, music in a film is music that the characters can, can hear. Oh, okay. And it's something that the Coen brothers are like playing around in this movie like so much. It's so great. Uh, like there's one song um, later, and it's like it's big, and it's like you know, it's like front and center and it sounds great and then when the scene carries on it like fades into the background and it's like kind of like tinny and you know it's just like elevator music and it's called diegetic uh diegetic nice diegetic music. i learned something today and uh and i think this is like that where it's like something that's essentially playing in the room where <laughs> probably to intimidate uh, yeah. the dude because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everybody's trying to manipulate him but it's always you know it's like you know the song's playing in the it's like a beautiful slow motion scene in the bowling alley or something and then once things go in there talking it's like the song's still kind of playing in the background like it would be playing in the and like sometimes when the dude gets knocked out it's whatever he's listening to in his it. headphones when yeah. he comes back yeah. to that's what i was gonna say it's so good or listening to in the car and you know, yeah yeah something. I'm sure that was a, a T-Bone Burnett source track because <laughs> he brought a lot of these like older, um, like classical and, uh, you know, these older pieces to the Coen brothers. Like, oh, oh yeah. wow, this sounds great. Thanks, T-Bone. <laughs> Thanks, T-Bone. Let's peek <laughs> right into track T-Bone. 11 here. Yeah, let's do it. Track 11. This is Henry Mancini with Lou John. Mm-hmm. 
really good. I know that uh, Chris is a big fan of Mancini. Big time. Um, I went through a lot of record stores collecting just all the Mancini I could find because they were all like a dollar. <laughs> well, I mean, famously, the Pink Panther song. Yeah, the Baby uh, Elephant song. Yeah. There's uh, that great uh, Peter Gunn track Charlie's of his, Angels theme song. Um, called uh, White on White from the uh, from like the 50s flick called uh, Experiment in Terror. Yeah. Oh, okay. Definitely worth listening to. I mean, he just cranked out music at that time. Oh, yeah. And like oh, yeah. that song, I think that song is just like pure ecstasy. Just like, oh, luxury. <laughs> well, this song, it's like definitely, so this is the scene where they're in Jackie Treehorn, uh, the the pornography producer's yeah, yeah. home in Malibu. That's. I thought this was the trampoline scene. Uh, no, no, this is oh, okay. when they're indoors. This oh, is yes. my, <laughs> my favorite part in this movie to think about. It's... Uh, <laughs> Is when uh, the dude's starting to think of himself as a little bit of a detective at this point. Yeah. And Jackie Chiron gets a call and he like writes something on a pad of paper. <laughs> yeah. And then he crumples it up and puts it in his pocket and walks away and then leaves the room. <laughs> and the dude like sneaks up and he starts, he does a thing where you, you shade to see what was written last. It's like a dude with the heart on. <laughs> a dude with a giant erection. It's like one of the best payoffs. He's uh, like, what? <laughs> but uh and then he crumples that up and puts it in his pocket and when he gets arrested they're going through everything that was in his pockets and it's just <laughs> no, this like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. also that the house that they shot that scene at is an amazing house oh yeah i mean i think that if you were to watch the any of the incredibles movies like they like the set direction and like the music is all from this scene like oh yeah this is every every villain scene in like a in an, an Incredibles or like an old Bond movie. It's so good. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Oh. Getting something in your ear pierce? <laughs> Earpiece? Guys, I think we have some breaking news. Breaking news? This is news to me. News to you. We just had our first piece of fan mail come in. <laughs> this is big, guys. That's not guys, true. I've this had, is big. I've had some big. Real fans, Caleb. Real not fans. your own family. Yeah, if you want to send fan mail to me, find me on the Instagram. We cut to Chris Darden in the field. Uh, hello, track listing podcast. I'm Thebolt from Paris. Uh, sorry for the um, pronunciation. Thebolt? Uh, Thebolt. T-H-I-B-A-U-T. Thebolt. Uh, uh, from Paris, and I just started listening to your podcast, and I've enjoyed it. Uh, I've been really enjoyed so far. Uh, very rare to see a podcast talk about the soundtracks of movies. I'm a massive fan of teen movies, and I've really enjoyed the episodes of Cruel Intentions, Can't Hardly Wait, and Clueless. Oh. I've sent you this message and uh, to suggest some other awesome soundtracks. Then he lists a few other awesome soundtracks that we may or may do. Uh, thank we, you. We are definitely doing at least half of them. Oh yeah, not, for sure. Not all. <laughs> so stay tuned. Uh, thank you for the great podcast. Keep up the awesome work. Have a great day. Kind regards, uh, Thibault. Thank you so much uh, uh, for our friends sweet. in Paris. Uh, here's sweet. a little shout out for you. That's very great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. I just for wanna, I want to send a message to all listeners and to contact me on Instagram. We value you as well. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, you don't get your own news sting, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, again, apologies for, you know, barely being able to read and, um, oh, no, no. and botching your name. <laughs> so, oh, listeners in France. It's very cool. It's, uh, merci beaucoup. Uh, huh? <laughs> we dedicate this next track, track 12, uh, to all our fans listening out there. This is the Gypsy Kings with Hotel California. Yes, 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 yes.
put the full intro here. I'm gonna give a cease and desist from the Gypsy Kings <laughs> or Glenn Fry. Glenn <laughs> yeah, Glenn Fry. Oh yeah. Come for us, Don Henley. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about great fun. covers, that's like one of... Oh, this is the all-time greatest, I think. <laughs> it's so good, because... Yeah. I mean, it's a different genre. Speaking of, that's a... Gypsy Kings are technically, I think, a French band. Uh-huh, they are. They were, uh, I mean... Like, uh, definitely, like, eh, refugees from Spain, but... Yeah. I think they were in, in France when they were... <laughs> I think they were guys from the... <laughs> <Pure Astros. laughs> well, we, we gotta get to the good part. I mean, we gotta get to the actual cover part. <laughs> Fucking eagles are coming for us, man. Don't Come on, man. I had a rough night. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the Cohen brothers saw uh, Totoro at a um, at a play at the Public Theater. Nice. In uh, 1988, uh, it was called uh, Mi Puta Vida. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, his character, I guess, has some similar qualities to that in the, that he has in uh, Lebowski. So they figured he would uh, maybe be easy, you know, could easily slip into the role. <laughs> well, he's, I mean, he's like one of the uh, Coen Brothers' mainstays. Oh, he's yeah. in, of course, Barton, Barton Fink, Fink yeah. uh, Miller's Crossing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, God. Uh, I don't think he's in. Oh, Brother, where are they? Yeah, yeah, of course. You would have to go yeah. through. He's been so Do many. not pursue the treasure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's, uh, apparently he was pretty um, apprehensive about taking the, the role of Jesus. Yeah, um, I might be. <laughs> And then he was like, I don't know if I could do that. He's correct. like, I got to lick a bowling ball. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, ah, I got this. I, I got go this. <laughs> but, yeah. I remember everything that I read about kind of like oral histories about the soundtrack. Um, I think the Coen brothers had like two songs set. And I think it was maybe the the Dylan song in this song. Yeah. And then they brought in T-Bone to fill it out. <laughs> Pretty incredible. Oh, so good. All right. Well, uh, what do we got next, Nick? This next track is also dedicated to all the fans out there. Oh, come on. (laughs) This is track 13. This is Carter Burwell with uh, We Glauben. Oh, yeah. So this is the... uh... There's there's the fake band with Flea and uh, Peter Peter Stormare, yeah. um, Autobahn. Yeah, Autobahn. they're they're the Kraftwerk knockoffs. Yeah, and uh, this is a song that's playing on their boombox when they come in at the end. <laughs> but this is uh, the composer. This is the guy who did the score for the film. Yeah, um, Carter Burwell. He's yeah. done a lot of scores for the Coen Brothers over and the for years. other people. Um, yeah. yeah, this is when the car is finally torched. <laughs> it's <laughs> like it's taken such a beating. This whole, whole semi they're, they're playing their own music. Which is <laughs> yeah. the best move. It's ultimate flex to be playing just, your own music. Uh, shout out box. to Amy Mann that's in the group. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think she's just a groupie. Yeah, I think she's, she's a girlfriend yeah. who cut off a toe. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, but this guy, so he did the the scores for Being John Malkovich adaptation, Three oh, Kings. Nice. Anomalisa, uh, three billboards, which I still haven't seen, but um, you should see it. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's such a good scene. I lo- I love that uh, the Coen Brothers, you know, have this homage to Kraftwerk, and that's him doing. It it's kind it, of like it makes funny no Kraftwerk sense. song. There's like so, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. The, there is a theory that uh, the Big Lebowski is kind of like a war of the decades. 
and you've got mm-hmm. like uh, you know Walter Sobchak and uh, and the and the dude, and they're like the '60s, and then you've got uh, the '70s, which is like um, I guess I don't know Autobahn people, and like or I don't know or if they're I maybe guess, more '80s. Or like something. the Big Lebowski is probably like the '60s, right? Yeah. Or, or the he's '50s, the '50s, '50s, uh, and then like you know the '80s is. Uh, I guess bunny and maybe an autobahn people i don't know so somebody kind of explained it to me that there was like that's why he's like i hate fucking eagles and he like can't really exist and like in the 80s we should mention that that's uh carter burwell's uh second appearance on track listing uh oh. previously from the uh wayne's world 2 episode oh hey uh, oh shit i didn't which song that. which song am i don't know <laughs> doesn't matter it's the music for wayne's world 2. it's all the, all the aerosmith live versions he was playing on guys we have uh uh, almost pulled into the last. Oh no, this is the last track. Okay. Oh, we have this one is more track. track fourteen. Track fourteen. I, I think I know which one this is. This is Towns Van Zant with Dead Flowers. Yeah, now when you're sitting there in your silk upholstered chair, talking to some rich folks that you know. Well, I hope you don't see me in my ragged company. All that you know, I could never be alone. Take me down, little Sue. Apparently, they had a real tough time getting this song licensed for the film because uh, the Stones. Our stubborn stones. No, yeah. it wasn't. Uh, it was their like former manager owned the rights to this song. This uh, is off a stone song off of uh, Sticky Fingers. Oh, they had they had to judge the the manager to get that happening. <laughs> yeah, well they 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 like I think they gave him the script or they played him like a rough cut, rough cut or something, and it was a scene where the dude talks shit on about the Eagles, and he was like, "Yep." <laughs> You got it. <laughs> you can have it for free. Yeah, I mean, I think he originally wanted like one hundred fifty thousand dollars or something, and then they. God, what an asshole! Damn, like he needs it. Like anything. That's steep, man. All Come you have on. to do is talk shit about the Eagles, and everything's smooth sailing. Yeah, <laughs> I do like those stories about. That's like, how the film industry works. Yeah, you yeah. Shit on the Eagles, everything's free. <laughs> it's like uh, Don Henley. People are like, oh yeah. There's so he many stories. <laughs> There's so many stories about like Hollywood where like they can't get their hands on like a, a licensing thing without like spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they're like, "Can we just play you a scene from the movie?" And this is where the song would go. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh yeah, that's really good. Sure, yeah, two, but two thousand bucks." That's the thing is that even in this story, it's not the Stones. It's like you know, like music at that time, like the rights get spread out and everything. It's like yeah. it's a man. Like why the fuck does this guy have the rights to their? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh god, the music industry is so fucked up. Oh, man. Um, but this song, it's a really good cover. Towns really Van Zandt, like yeah. outlaw country. He was, I think, um, I think he was famous for not even really liking the Stones. This was, uh, uh, you can tell in this this recording that it's a live cut. I think there's a couple different yeah. recordings of him doing the song, but it was um, in his set. I think when he got really really drunk, <laughs> this was the song that he liked to play because he could do it when he was really really drunk. Uh, you gotta have those. You gotta have those touchdowns. You know, as a live performer, great song to play into the credits too. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I mean, I fucking love it. So uh, I really like the Stones version. I like this version. It's a great song. Amazing. Yeah. 
We're going to have to rate this sucker. Ooh. Ooh, ratey, ratey, ratey. It's 15 stars is the name of the game. 15 stars, decimal points included. Who wants to lead off? We're looking around. I'll, I'll, I'll lead off. I got, oh, if okay. I got a little... Unless Take it away, Chris. Chris. Take it, Chris. Um... I think there's a couple. I have to couple, take a couple of tomatoes away for a few things because be, the actual soundtrack, what we listen to in this room yeah, with these yeah. headphones through your iPod, <laughs> through your iPods. Oh, he's All on his right, soapbox now. It's uh, going to take a while. Is not what you hear in the movie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff you hear in the movie that are great songs. There's a lot of great songs in the movie that do not appear on this actual soundtrack. What do we got? We got Roy Rogers. We got Credence. Uh, you got uh, The Monks, I Hate You oh, yeah. by The Monks. You got Mucha Muchacha by whoever sings that. You got Tumble and Tumbleweeds. That's it. The two Credence songs, Behave Yourself by Booker T and the MGs. Oh, yeah. Come of Ah. Oh, yeah. Santana. Uh, so good so good <laughs> guys santana con right around on. the corner uh, <laughs> so you got a lot of songs that like if i saw the movie ran out and bought the soundtrack without looking at the back of it i would be like oh oh man what it, the it, hell yeah man? especially like ones that are like prominently used in the movie yeah you're not wrong you're not wrong so where's my viva las vegas <laughs> and, and i feel like if i put this on it would be a little too eclectic for like a listen through at like you know, in any circumstance, so I'm gonna give it an 11.5. Okay. Okay, 11.5. In in the context of it's such a great movie and there's such good music in the movie. Okay. You know what I mean? So, sorry. Caleb, you sorry. Wanna, you want to rate this? I hear you, and I agree with like everything you're saying. Actually, um, thank you. It's like so. So hard. 11.5. Let's move on. Okay, Nick. You got- <laughs> it's like I do have it, one. It is like an impossible thing for me to separate my, especially since I never actually own the soundtrack. It's like I just remember the songs from the movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta ding it for yeah, a lot of like missing great songs. There's only one like original song, as far as I can tell. The Elvis Costello song seems yeah. to be the only one for the soundtrack. Um, but I will say that. The songs that stick out are not like songs that are classic classics that you hear around a lot. Um, and that the songs, like all the weird songs, are they seem really interesting and like gateways into like discovering a whole new genre of music for a young person. It's like oh, Moondog or, or was it Melissa Monk or something Monk? Kenny um, Rogers, man. It's fucking, you know, there's like a lot of crazy, <laughs> like, it's not just like music that happened to be like all this music was like picked because it was very particular and like interesting. Uh, that being said, I, I'll probably give it like a twelve point two. Okay. But uh, I you know it's not it's not the most listenable soundtrack, but I enjoy like all everything that's going on, all that weird shit. <laughs> all right, all right, Nikki, Nikki. All right, I gotta rate this thing. Uh, I guess I feel kind of the opposite. I I would love to sit and listen to this whole soundtrack. Uh-huh. Um. I wish that song, uh, what was it called? Uh, Mucha Machacha. Yeah. Mucha Machacha. Really missed that on the soundtrack. When, uh, you know, he's at the pool with yeah. Bunny Lebowski. Which is a great scene. She's painting her toenails. Um, Viva Las Vegas is also in this movie. We can't forget that. Oh, yeah. But, you know, when, when all is said and done, uh, one of my favorite movies. Um, never owned the soundtrack, but always loved the music in the movie. And... You know, after hearing uh, The Man and Me for the first time, went and bought a copy of uh, New Morning. So that gateway aspect certainly, Such a great certainly album. happened to me. 
So I would give this soundtrack a 14.8. Hey. What? Whoa. A near perfect score. Near perfect. Wow. I don't agree Fantastic. with it, but I love you. Wow. I'm glad I'm glad that resonated with you. Yeah. yeah. Great soundtrack. Well, great pick, Caleb. Oh, Good thank pick. You. Yeah. Hey. Thank you to the Cohen brothers thank and T Bone Burnett for you, making that all happen. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Bridges and uh, All right, guys. Before we go off into the night, I think we have to add a song to the <laughs> Soon to be existing track listing Spotify playlist. Very soon. It's, it's, it's very soon. Um, We're doing probably going to do We're it. We're doing it tomorrow. Um, so, in honor <laughs> of The Big Lebowski, we, which is a song about mistaken identity and misunderstandings, we are recommending our favorite misunderstood song. A little bit of a hazy <laughs> category, so we might get some pretty different picks. Who wants to go first? Yeah, I'm going to go first. <laughs> I think I, oh. I fit the qualifications. It's uh, a real firing squad the, mentality the in here. Le- the least out of the three of us, I think, um, do I meet these qualifications. So uh, my song is uh, Russia, uh, Don't Stand Beneath the Window, depending on the uh, Ukrainian translation. Don't Stand Underneath Window or Don't Stay Under Window uh, by Russia. <laughs> and uh, I, I was doing some um, some digging on like some, you know, odd uh subcultures of music and i stumbled upon some i was gonna say this is only your ninth eastern european recommendation (laughs) (laughs) pretty incredible (laughs) uh, he knows what he likes (laughs) this is like the most obscure out of i'm trying to go like intentionally obscure songs that no one's ever heard of i appreciate you to try to keep up with you too um but this is uh some soviet uh pop music you know made in the 80s and this was uh you know behind the iron curtain uh, this was some, if you look for the music, just search like 80s Soviet synth pop or 80s Soviet pop. And it's, man, it's amazing. Uh, but this music video has got this girl dancing and she looks like Sarah Connor from Terminator. And, and then she's like performing in front of a, a crowd of people that are not even moving and just sitting in like weird chairs. Uh, but let's hear, let's hear a cut of this. And I, oh, I guess I, I misunderstood because I don't understand what she's saying. And then I looked at the lyrics and it's about like, um, you know, mistaken love and falling in love with somebody else and messing around with somebody's heart. So don't stand under that window. Don't look so sad. Don't stand under the window. I'm already taken. Oh, all right. Let's get a little taste here. kind of scared but i also want to dance oh dude it's a great song to walk around new york city too <laughs> um also one caveat if you if you find the the music video i'm talking about it's actually a music video to another song by her Russia, uh called the mermaid but they've doubled up on so the the lips don't match up to the lyrics. Chris, everybody knows that. <laughs> All right, sorry. Just, I don't want to get any more hate mail than I already do. <laughs> don't talk down to our listeners. Everybody knows this. Sorry. All right. All right. Did, did I get you to actually apologize? For that? All right. No, I, I apologize for everything. Who wants to go next? Do you want me to go? Uh, I'll go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Uh, my favorite misunderstood song is uh, the song "Perfect Day" by uh, Lou Reed. Oh yeah. Uh, let's just get a little taste of the song for a second here. Come on, Lou. 
just a perfect day. Drink sangria in the park, and then later, when it gets dark, we go home. So he, he I think all Lou Reed songs are, are about one thing. I mean, who knows what you heroin? Heroin. <laughs> I mean, up, in, up, so, until, up until the eighties, they're all about heroin. San Sangria. That's not how you say sangria. So the song comes out. He, uh, I, you know, I guess his if his fans are the ones that kind of helped uh, further this idea that this song was about heroin and. <laughs> <laughs> I, always, I mean, I always heard that song about, uh, or that fact about the song "Heroin" by so, Velvet Underground. I guess <laughs> you know part, part of the funny part is a love song. <laughs> he maintains that that is a just a straight up love song. That's how he wrote it. You know, uh, the funny part in the process is that uh, since a lot of people thought that it was you know about heroin, and then when it got uh, branded in commercials for AT and T <laughs> and for PlayStation. Well, I think people were laughing, you know, at the fact that mistaken, they were, maybe were misunderstanding. Uh, the, it was uh, in the train spotting soundtrack, right? That is correct. Yeah, which also, also did, story. which also did not help. <laughs> I know. It only helped further the idea that it's a heroin love song. But <laughs> shocker, he said, you know, he maintains. He says that it's it's just a love song about a about a girlfriend. All uh, right, he's like that's 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 ridiculous. <laughs> So, I, but, I, but who knows? It, it's uh, it's just completely misunderstood. I believe it. I believe him only because he wrote a song called "Heroin" about heroin. So I feel like he would not be embarrassed to have written a song afterwards. It was also about heroin. Yeah, I guess he would say, he'd uh, "Like I already got that song." That album, Transformer, is so good. Uh, I, I love that album. Uh, it's such a perfect day. I'm glad I spent it with you. Oh, such a perfect day. You just keep me hanging on. It's also like what I would imagine like being on heroin <laughs> and like a lovely day in the park would be like just like sangria. Uh, <laughs> I would like to I would like to see a breakdown of how many days heroin addicts spend in nice like beautiful days in the park. <laughs> but there's like a you know the cloudy haze to the song, which is like you can't even enjoy the beautiful day without being. Uh, out of your head that's what i always took from it well thank you lou reed for Thanks, confusing lou. us all yeah <laughs> so good caleb what do you got for us uh so i i actually thought about i had a tough, tough time with this one i almost picked lust for life for the same thing it's a song about heroin it was used in like carnival cruise ads check it out idiots um, and chips ahoy <laughs> but i actually i went straight up for an old <laughs> song a song, a, a song that I legitimately want to recommend because it's a song I really like that's not very popular, but a song that I always misunderstood the chorus. Uh, so, Ronnie Griffith, this is from 1982, kind of, um, this is like a little bit past expiration date of disco, the high energy, um, you know, disco kept going in, in Europe, like Italo disco. This is around the same time, but I think it might have been an American release. Well, disco uh, Duck was the death of disco, right? When that song came out, people were like, oh, that's yeah, okay. that was one of the... <laughs> the death knell. That was, that was towards the end. The uh, but Ronnie Griffiths, she cut one record, and then she immediately, uh, she became like Christian rock or Christian contemporary whatever icon. So this is the only uh, secular album that she made okay. um, as a solo artist. So uh, the chorus is, love is a drug, uh, oh, your love is a drug. I'm in need of. I always misunderstood it as your love is a drug and I'm the needle. 
which Ooh. I thought was like a little bit of a darker oh. turn on it that I never quite understood, but I liked. Uh, so I was a little disappointed it's when like I a Guns N' Roses lyric right there. Yeah. <laughs> Your love is a if drug. I've ever heard one. Your love is a drug and I'm the needle. It's a Motley Crue song. Yeah. Mr. Brownstone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, still like, I still like my version better, and I like to imagine that, that her love is the needle. But uh, this, is, this is Ronnie. Let's hear it. actual lyric need of I'm your love is a drug and i'm in need of <laughs> yeah it definitely sounds like she's saying needle <laughs> <laughs> who knows who knows we'll never know ronnie come come back to disco leave, <laughs> leave that christian shit behind that was great that was a great song i feel like that Thank song has like defined your musical dna <laughs> well that's it's definitely cribbing pretty hard uh what is it limps lips ink yeah uh, uh, funky town, town. do but uh, but a little bit like a little bit sparer. I love it. I love that track. That's great. great. Thank you, Caleb. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for getting together. Great track. Uh, I'm the only one signing here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. I want to say hi to Moses. Moses, thanks for listening. Hi, Moses. Hey, Mosey. Hi, thanks Moses. to all of our fans out in France. <laughs> In Germany, apparently. In Germany. Uh, get a hold of us if you're listening in Germany. Yeah. Look out for that Spotify playlist coming up <laughs> very, very soon. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Okay. Thank you, guys. We Bye. love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.